Has it worked? Okay, it's working now. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Fun Employed Podcast. like sound engineering issues. I think we need a producer. Like I know we bagged out sound engineers last episode. Yeah. <laughs> but like we need literally a literally sweet. we need a producer. Someone okay. please help this us. This is how Unpacking Brisbane is winning in the feud. They have a producer. <laughs> and the sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a sponsor. We, yeah. CBD Oil Australia might come through here. Oh no I spilled the tea while you were laughing. <laughs> oh, no. You literally spilled the tea. Oh, oh no. Oh no all of this is being recorded. No it's fine guys. I'll edit this around. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Alright, let me just get the... <laughs> Okay, hey friends, welcome back to the Fun Floyd Podcast, your weekly arts and culture podcast where your wildly underqualified 20-something hosts talk shit and expect you to listen. What a mouthful. You're joined by Seth. And Fred. And Sophie. And we have had a very wild day. I think Fran has had the most chaotic. <laughs> Fran, how was your day been? Um, <laughs> well it started yesterday. Um... <laughs> So, like, last night I went out and, like, I was supposed to record a different podcast that I was guesting on, and then that got rescheduled, and I was like, well, I am wearing a cool fit, um, i got to go out, so I got drunk with friends, and um, I just, like, I ate a pizza really late, and then I was awake, because I was just sort of, like, sitting on my tummy, and then it was six o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> just happened. So just quickly. happened, and I was like, oh, I'm awake, it's cold, my dog wants to play with me. And then you guys were like, let's go get brunch. Uh, <laughs> and that took all of my energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how was your week been? My week has been good. Not much to report, honestly. It was quite meh. <laughs> Sam, how's your week? It's been good. I, again, I've just been at work. This feels like, well, I'm asking, like, how our week's been, but we saw each other on Monday because we recorded the pod late because of me. Yes, and now we're recording this week early. (laughs) And also we have had brunch, like, this morning. Like, we we don't have have much to come out with each other. Um, If you do want to hear about our weeks, you can DM us personally. Yeah, if you want to hang out, let us know. Um, One thing I have been doing this week is actually watching Shrill. Oh, funny you should say so. <laughs> so have we. So okay. I have as well. What a coincidence. Wow, what a coincidence. This is obviously not a coincidence, everyone. We have planned to, <laughs> I don't to think talk we about it. We have to find a social media post to go out later in the week. So. This is today's topic. Um, But Shrill is... Who wants to explain it? I feel like Fran would do it. So Shrill is a television series executive produced by A.D. Bryant and Lorne Michaels, both from Saturday Night Live. It's based... Elizabeth Banks? Oh, it is also Elizabeth Banks. You're right. She is also involved. I'm a fool. Um, It's basically, it's an adaptation of a um, fat journalist's memoir about her experiences of being a, like, fat woman and learning to love herself. And just, like, being, like, comfortable occupying a space. Yeah, and it's like every season is really short. It's like I think first season's eight episodes. I think first was six. No, this is six episodes. First season was six episodes, and then the second season was eight episodes. So it's about fourteen hours of not fourteen, is it? No, it's not fourteen hours. Like 
a day of watching TV. Yeah, I think mm. they're only 20 minute episodes yeah. as well. Yeah, they're only like 25 Very minutes. short form. It's very short, very easy, super fun. And we wanted to talk about it because it's good. First off, I watched it on the SBS On Demand app and I was shocked by having to watch ads again. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. The ads are so, so long. There are so many ads, you can't skip them. Yeah, also, you can't turn on your ad blocker when before you watch Before we begin, my ads felt very targeted. I'm an urban planner and there was an advertisement for youth, like for insurance for an urban planner. And I was oh. like, no, I saw that one as well. I was but unsure. I did not get this one. Okay, Ooh. see? And then another one was like about super and like it was all like, choose a super that makes a difference and they were like all about activism and like Ooh. this was very targeted mine are all about like installing installing solar panels <laughs> I got an installing solar panels I also got one about insurance for over 50s so I don't think that was targeted to me no. yeah. unless you're sharing an account with your parents <laughs> like, Will is pretty old <laughs> an old soul he's Our an old soul the pod boyfriend is realistically looks like a baby <laughs> Yeah. yeah, in a cute way though. Yeah. <laughs> but not to talk about the ads and to yeah. talk about the yes, content. we don't need to deter you from watching Shrill because we've complained about the ads for so long. You should still watch it; it's great. Also, we love getting free content. I always forget that free to air TV exists. You guys. I would like to mention that I have been asking Sophie to watch Shrill for the longest time. Yeah, that's definitely for the true. longest time. But and she's when only... you tell me it's on SBS on demand, I'm like, Ugh, fuck what the hell? SBS on demand is my of the streaming services. I think it's so, yeah, I hate I ads. I hate ads. But also so sometimes I need a break, you know? It's like I'm watching a foreign film. I'm struggling to follow. To follow. Maybe I need to poop. <laughs> I'm struggling to foreign. <laughs> but like ads are a good time to look at your phone, which is what I do most of the time. Yeah, and that's I'm like, true. I have segments where I can look at my phone for a whole minute. That's my built-in that's solitary. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it does maybe keep your attention a bit more, like while you're watching it. You're yeah. actually watching it. Is this just it. a and debate then you have about the value of SBS on yeah. YouTube right now? <laughs> Let's get Let's back to <laughs> so, as Fran said, Shrill's a lot about, like, body positivity. Yeah, body positivity. Also something mm. I've struggled with. Yeah, something well, we have all We've all struggled with body positivity. Mm. I think... Also kind of body neutrality, I think. Yeah. Mm. I think that was a good one. And, like, so there is an episode in season one where they go to the pool party. So good. And I, I feel like that. that was, like, a big turning point for Annie. So, yeah. by the way, the, this pool party was, like, a fat women's pool party. Like, yeah. it was by invite only. And to, like, <laughs> yeah, invited, inviting fat women. Yeah. Who could, like, so you could feel comfortable at the pool. Yeah. You can wear a swimsuit and not feel like you're being judged by skinny people mm. who think, like, awful things about yeah. fat people. <laughs> um, and, like, throughout that whole episode, you kind of, like, get a lot of wild. So, Annie shows up to the pool party. In jeans. In jeans and, and, a, a, like, button and a button up, up shirt. shirt. And she's like very shy and being like, oh my god, like. Annie is also the shyest character I've ever seen on television. Like, I've never mm. seen someone be less confident crossing the street. But I, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that was, it was so sad. Oh my god, when she goes to like cross the road and then like she's like, oh no, the car can go. And then and like she's they at a pedestrian crossing also. Yeah, like, she has right of way, but she's just so uncomfortable like taking up any kind of space in the world. Yeah. yeah. She's like, no, you, you can go, you can go car, not me. Oh, sweet little baby. Oh, I identify with Annie so much. Like, mm. and I think that's why I really love Shrill because I like, I feel like I, that's something I struggled with a lot in like, not my my formative teen years. Yeah. Which is like being a pushover. Yeah, is being a pushover. Yes. Something I like really was like, oh my God, <laughs> this woman is me and yeah. I am her. And there's like so many episodes or scenes where I'm like, 
I would have done the same thing. And, like, mm. there's a whole relationship with her and Ryan where she – it's, like, clearly, like, you should not be seeing this man. Yeah. I think it's, like, so – he's such a loser. He's such a loser. And I think the interesting part is, like, the – I like that they establish early on that, like, the only reason that he has power over her is because she wants his validation. Exactly. So, like, his power is actually just dependent on her susceptibility to him. Yes. Like, and when she comes to that conclusion of, like, I've got, like, big titties and a fat ass, I make the rules. I tell you what. That was awesome. That was a great moment where it's like, oh, yeah, you should make the rules. Yeah. Like, definitely, definitely. I I loved Shrill as well. There were some bits that I, um, just, it just made me so sad because there were some bits that were really... I, I'm like mid-size, I'm like size 14 just for context, mm. but I, and I hadn't had something to that extreme, like with the swimming episode where they flash back to when she was a kid and mm, all of her yeah. family, they're like at a resort or something, yeah. all of her family's going down to the pool and she says, I don't want to go to the pool, I don't feel like it, but it's actually like you can, you can kind of tell it's because she doesn't want to be wearing a swimsuit in front of everyone. And then late, late at night when everyone's asleep, she goes and sits in the pool in a little floaty by herself and that mm. part made me so, oh. so sad, it just really hurt my heart. Because I could relate, yeah, yeah, I could relate, but like not quite to that extreme, and it just made me so sad. Yeah, as someone who I would definitely say I'm fat, I think like that whole scene was like, like me and my childhood being like, oh my god, I have to wear a t-shirt when I'm swimming because yeah. no one wants to see my body, oh, and I'm like, so I'm twelve, like what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do Why are you looking exactly. at my body? I'm like, why do you have the right to comment on whatever? Yeah, I think that you sort of learn to be ashamed in your body at, like, a really, really young age. Mm. So, like... Yeah. Especially, I love the way they explored, like, Addie's... Sorry, that's her real name. Yeah. Um, Annie's um, mum and the stuff that her yes. mum says to her and saying, like, oh, have you... And they're, like, on some kind of meal plan and yeah. their snack is six almonds. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, my mum and sister and I were on, like, a similar-ish, like, meal plan for a while... And, like, oh, God, that, like, six, oh, God. We definitely want to string it, but, like, hearing things like that, and especially when you're so exposed at a young age to yeah. your yeah. mum or sister or auntie or whoever, like, a female role model, like, bashing, or even bashing their own body. Yeah. Like, you learn that habit really early on. Sometimes I have six almonds and it feels like 12 months. <laughs> that was hilarious. And she's like, Annie, this is such an expensive diet. Yeah, and, like, the interesting thing about that, for me is like so I've always sort of like occupied a body that's been socially acceptable I've like I've never been fat but like it's been drilled into me to be afraid of being fat when I'm yes, like yes. and like my mother is like will constantly make like offhand like very mean comments about things that I eat mm. or like things I need to cut down or like isn't it nice that we're out and exercising yeah so like that relationship of like those comments are clearly coming from a place of love but they're still obviously hurtful yeah. was an important thing to see on screen. Also, just, like, having parents who have a healthy relationship. Fun and refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we love to see it. We love AD, um, AD Bryant's dad in this program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. And I think that also, I don't know, it's a thing that um, I've kind of had an issue with my family. with, And my sister and I are both to, with my mum. We're trying to, like, because it's really generational. Like, our generation yeah. is a lot more, like, body positive or body neutral and so uh, so many things that like our parents generation say we, we say like oh that's like you're being mean to yourself or like yeah. you know you yeah. don't you don't have to think that stuff like especially about food isn't bad like yeah. there isn't yeah. good food and bad food like you shouldn't put morality on food yeah. and like even the 
Shrill really like explicitly talks about it when Brian and Annie meet, like have dinner with her parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's just have the bread. Like it's just bread. It's just yeah. food. You shouldn't be like cruel to yourself all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And like when she uh when she recounts like as a child her mom saying you should just have a bowl of special K instead of the food that she made for everybody else. Oh. That like is that, so sad. That hurt my heart. Like, yeah. you can't do that to a kid. Yeah. And I feel like really that's sad. something that's, like, this, our generation, like, we're all in our early 20s. Yeah. And, like, that's something that we've all started doing is, like, stop, like, shaming weight. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, exactly. I know conventionally skinny people um, and who they've been, like, don't call yourself fat. Like, that's not, like, that's not an adjective. That's not, like, a strata, like, it's yeah. like a negative term. But, like, it's yeah. a neutral yeah. descriptor. Like, yeah. it's just a yeah. factual statement. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. just people putting on, like, yeah, and that's, they explore that in Shrill, saying, like, it's not a bad thing to say yeah. that yeah. someone is fat or that I am fat because it's, like, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a shameful word. It doesn't have to be a yeah. derogatory word. No. Because we've really, like, weaboized it into mm. being, like, a... Yeah, because it's, like, it's an insult. Inter- yeah. An interesting thing that I think happens for skinny people is, like, you're so terrified individually of like becoming a fat person, mm. but like you never put that judgment on any anybody else's body. Like yeah. I never look at a fat person and go, oh, ill. Like yeah. that pool scene, everyone looked fucking amazing. Yeah, oh my yeah. god. Um, it was shot beautifully. Whoever was on set design and like costume design costume. that week, yes, everything. And when they played, fuck, what was it? Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Yeah, I was, was like, awesome. oh, yeah, no, it was a beautiful scene. It was shot fantastically. Mm. But like I looked at all those women, it's like all of you look beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there's still that, like, underlying thing of, like, but I can never be that. Mm. And it's, like, this weird disconnect of, like, everybody else's body is fine, but mine will never be fine. That mm. is so true. And I had, an, a, a, like, an experience not, oh, maybe a few years ago, there was, like, three, uh, me and two other friends, and we all had very different body types. Mm. Like, one of my friends is, um, friends was, like, quite short. She had, like, a quite big chest (laughs) but she was like her body was pretty thin and she was like small and I was like around a size 12 then but like I'm like pretty curvy my boobs and my bum are like present (laughs) 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 and my um other friend is like six foot and she is um beautiful she not that she accepts it but she like barely has any fat content on her body she's really muscly and she's like so tall and to as we (laughs) as we i'm sorry she's not and as we we were all like i think we were going out or we were preying or something and we were like changing into clothes and a lot of us could like share each other's clothes which was quite surprising but like each like one of us to each other like i every time at one point in the night we were like oh you have like the ideal body i wish i looked like you yeah and so it's crazy the things you put on yourself and say like I'm so ugly. I look like shit. But then if someone has like a body that's not even that different to yours yeah. or like what everyone just has a, like no one's ideal body type is their own, which no, is so yeah. sad. So you can look at anyone and say like, wow, you look amazing. Yeah. And, but it sucks that we're so mean to ourselves in this like weird pursuit that we've been forced onto. Like that you're um, never, yeah, you're, you're never, never small right. enough, yeah. especially is a big one. Like yeah. you're never small enough. I also think that I don't think I've met a single woman in my life, who has not had some pattern of disordered eating consistent with their life. Definitely. Like, I've absolutely, like, been restrictive and binged and purged. Like, you know, you've done it all. Mm. But it's like, 
none of it, like, it never fucking feels right. It's never good. I also watched two movies about eating disorders, like, a week before this. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have, I'm coming into this with, like, a lot of feelings. Yeah. Because it, it's just a really, like, I feel like being fat and, like, being pretty is, like, that it, in society it feels like it's not something that you, like, what is it? It's not mutually exclusive. Yeah, it's not mutually exclu- mm. exclusive. Yeah. But, like, that's dumb to say that because, like, when you watch Shrink, all of the women there. Oh, they're all so gorgeous. They're all gorgeous. Yeah. All like Annie lives with another girl named Fran. Fran. Mm -hmm. This is gonna be confusing. Not to be confused with me. Um but Fran in Shrill is like a gorgeous black woman. She's from I was about to say Britain, but Mm -hmm. she's from the UK. Yeah. Um and she is gorgeous. She's plus size also. Um, yeah, and her family's Nigerian, right? Yeah, her family yeah. is Nigerian. And she's just a hot lesbian yeah. and a hoe a about town. Lesbian. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and uh, it, and it's really like, I loved their dynamic as friends because mm-hmm. um, Annie was like kind of bashing herself and saying something that really resonated with me yeah. when yeah. she said, I always think with men, if I'm fun enough and easygoing oh. enough and nice enough, that that will be enough and that she has to be so low maintenance yeah. because like for some reason she sees like being in a fat body like has to she has to be like so easy to be yeah. around to make up for that yeah. oh my and God. Yeah, um, it's compensatory yeah and the character friend played by Lolly Adafope yeah um says to her that's awful and I'm really sad that you said that that's really yeah these like, things are horrible to yeah say to yourself and she's like you're being really mean to yourself and it makes me really sad yeah Fran really holds her accountable through the whole series oh, yeah absolutely. I love their dynamic as friends and also I love that Fran as a character is um explored because at first oh, I was God, like so I was like oh they've done the trope of like you know they've kind of done yeah. the diversity tick with the best friend yeah. being like um a black lesbian woman yeah but then, but then they like, really mm-hmm. organic yeah. exactly their friend is organic they like they actually put weight into their their friendship like it gets screen time they explore Fran as a character on her own oh my god yeah. when Fran is in the bar oh my god sitting shallow oh, high as shit eating a burrito I love that that was her. an absolute vibe and also, she's, a gorgeous, she's a gorgeous voice she's oh, a wonderful singer absolutely. so fantastic I think that also a thing that's really valuable about Shrill is the amount of time that they invest in their background characters. Like, yes. everyone feels like they're fully formed. Nobody yeah. feels like they're a caricature. Mm, and exactly. it feels like that diversity is happening there without it fulfilling a quota. It's happening as, like, a natural reflection of the world that we live in. Yeah. Which I think yeah. was the best example of this was Patty Harrison, who plays Ruthie. Um, oh, the yes. oh, my God. Love she Ruthie. was hilarious. the funniest character. She has so many fantastic one-liners. She does. The birthday party is one of the best episodes of the <gasps> series. And like, what is the boss's name? Oh, my God. Gabe. 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 And Gabe comes in and being, is like, you guys are doing drugs? Is that... <laughs> and, it's, and Ruthie's like, this is ketamine. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, he's in a K-hole, and Ruthie just, like, skates on by, points at him, and goes... <laughs> and then skates off. I Honestly, love that. a huge move. My favorite one line of hers is when she says, um, "Did you know that fruit is like the initial fruit, <laughs> inspiration for candy?" <laughs> so good. So stupid. Like, yeah, she's hilarious. But like, I also think that because it's interesting to me because I didn't know who Patty Harrison was mm-hmm. before I watched the series, and when it's like it comes up in the show that the character is trans. I was like, wait a minute, huh? Yeah. And I then thought I really- she just said that as like a drive-by thing because she said, is this, are you, are you, um, what is she saying? Are you like being derogatory against me because I'm trans? Yeah. And then she says, or oh, because I'm a veteran? 
<laughs> I was like, wait, what? And I was like, is, wait, what? <laughs> she just says it like a drive-by. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, Patty Harrington obviously is, like, very passing. Mm. Um, but, like, she herself is, like, a trans woman. Yeah. And we're just, like, you know, catching her at, like, a later stage. And it comes yeah. up and it's, like, supernatural and they deal with it, like, really, really easily. And it, like, it comes up as conflict with mm. another character. Yeah. And it's resolved well and it's handled really sensitively. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. It was a well. I think that's a good thing, and I something I really enjoy about TV is when it's like a reflection of the world, and it's done organically. Because yeah. there are so many TV shows, and I've said this to Sophie off air about other things, where it feels like that person or that storyline was just in there for the quota ticket. Like, take a take a yeah. Take a are we talking about all wandering girls? <laughs> I didn't watch Girls, to be honest. Oh, I watched like a few eps, but I just do not want to support Lena Dunham. Girl, you didn't miss much. Mm. But there's like other things like um, Charlize in Friends. It's like it's like when Ross dates a black girl, and there's like a oh, black girl. A, oh my god, that's just yeah. Charlie. Her name's oh, Charlie. It's just Charlie. Played by Aisha Tyler, I believe. Yeah, hot. But it's like <laughs> one episode. He dates a black girl for like one arc, and then it's that's it. Hello, and we've had a black person. We've had a black woman as a friend's expert. By the way, he oh like god. briefly dates an Asian American woman as well. Yeah. And I think that David Schwimmer said that he was one who pushed for those characters to be played by a black woman and an Asian woman. And he says like, I'm aware of how little diversity there is in Friends and like it's crazy to watch back at the time but like and to put into context he had to push for those characters to be played that's by so strange yeah by diverse actresses oh my god that's bananas mm, yeah. but, oh there's actually I want to talk about my favourite like arc moment from like series one to two for the trill which is when she has her fucking freak out and just yeah. like drops off the face of the earth and then comes back and actually has to face the consequences of that yeah, yeah. because that I liked extremely relatable yeah. as a person After who friend's is, story from last week yeah, about woman, jumping off the planet as a woman who's 19 and on fire sometimes um mm-hmm. like well who was 19 and on fire mm-hmm. Thank like you. thanks lord um there were definitely periods where i would just like do the most chaotic shit and do things that were like crazy dangerous and my friends that cared about me were like what the fuck are you doing and I'd be like, no, this is fine. This is great. And, like, he supported me. And that line from Fran, the character, where she's like, was he really the, pe- the best person for you to do this with? Or was he just not going to question it? Yeah. yeah. Is he the only one who would say yes and, like, allow you to Because he's a stuff. toxic presence in your life. Yeah. yeah. For context, the dropping off of the face of the earth bit in Shrill is that Annie has a troll. And oh, she, like, confronts the troll in real life. Which is like. By the way, can we just talk about the <laughs> conversation she had with her troll just briefly while so we're insane. on the way? It's so that insane. Was insane. Yeah. Insane and hilarious. It was insane. <laughs> it's a great inclusion. The actor that they had playing the troll was really good. So, it seemed so organic. It seemed so because good. He was, yeah, also <laughs> the fact that he was like kind of flirting with her. Yeah. That was so <laughs> odd. Like, I mean, he has just like. She's confronted with him because he, he calls her like so many like awful slurs. He calls her like a pig. A pig, a fat stupid bitch yeah just like everything offensive that you could say about and then like in yeah. their conversation he's like i just don't agree with the feminist stuff in your writing and it's like but you hate me because of my body and that's really cool yeah. the yeah. way that you talk about me and then afterwards he's like but do you want to <laughs> come inside for a drink <laughs> yeah and it's like what the fuck is wrong with you also like this is men naming yeah. <laughs> yeah and i was so because you see her being a like you know, getting like walked all over so many times. I was like, "Oh, girl, do not say yes." <laughs> oh my god! Surely not. I fully would have said yes. Like, let's be oh honest. My god. That's the thing. Because <laughs> I watched it and I was like, "Oh my god, I've been in this relationship." Yeah. That's the worst thing. Is like you can absolutely see yourself in her. 
are. You can, yes, you definitely can. Unless you are someone who has, like, never had a self-esteem issue. Unless you, like, actually love yourself, which if you do, oh, my God, congratulations. I'm in therapy for that right now. It's really hard. (laughs) Long journey. I'm really trying not to date assholes, and it's – it's tough, guys. There's a lot. There's a lot of grenades to dodge. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry. Except so back to the context of how she. So yeah. So she has this conversation with the troll, and then they he invites her in for a drink. She says no. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Really. I applaud. would have said yes, but and she's such on. a dumbass. <laughs> she calls, <laughs> she calls him bitch. out. She's like, "No, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm not going to say yeah. you're a psycho. I'm not going to say yes after and you've been abusing me." He yeah. straight away flicks, and he's like. Call her a bitch. Call her a fat yes. bitch. So how and many then, times has, like, oh. any woman had that fucking experience? And then she, like, <laughs> throws a pot plant through his glass. Like, I love that. Did the window of his car? Yeah. yeah it's like a big yeah. SUV. I it's hilarious. The first time she threw it as well, it didn't smash her. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's so good. And then she, like, it it and it and then she, like runs off. And then, like, she runs to Ryan's house, her boyfriend's house, her toxic boyfriend. Her horrific boyfriend. And she's like, oh, my God. I just did the craziest shit. And she's, like, bleeding, and then she, like, goes to his house, and then they flee the city for a night. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, doesn't he, like, try to finger her, and then there's, like, a scout that shows up? Yeah, she he tries to go down on her. He, he oh, does okay. go down on her. Oh, yeah, he she's does. Like, oh, on her, like, two-day-old two pussy. pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My two-day-old pussy. And she's, like, he's, like, I love it anyways. Ew. And then he's going he down die? on her, and the scouts, like, show up. And then they like and then they, just run, away. <laughs> they run away. And it's like you could have gotten a badge for this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're oh at god. the cafe, and she's like sitting over this family charging her phone. So and annoying. I'm like, oh my god, this is so chaotic. And like, absolutely me something you would do. <laughs> yeah, and I love the yeah when she gets back, her um her dad and Fran, the character, are both like, where were you? You haven't answered your phone. Like we thought you'd been killed. Yeah, which yeah. is so accurate. Like you can't just. Like, you, know, you, can't you can't just mistake just, your responsibilities you can't, like that. Exactly. Because the thing is, like, obviously, because she had such an incredible amount of pressure on her when apparently she cracked. Yeah. But, like, you still can't drop off. Because, like, also her mum, like, because her mum yeah. cracked off as well. Yeah, yeah her mum went, went the opposite and, like, was, but she did, I think she called it the dad. Yeah. The yeah. Right called the dad. So yeah. she was like, going to Canada. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> fine, I'll come back one day. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really fantastic series. I think that it explores a lot of issues of just like, being a woman, living in the world, trying to occupy space, mm. and like, just like, have yourself be fucking heard. Also like, toxic workplaces are really covered in that series. Yeah. Um, because yeah. her boss is a nightmare. Um, yeah, get on SBS on demand and watch it. The next series um, doesn't come out till next year. Sadly. Also, another like topic that I um, if we still have time. Yeah. Another yeah. like topic within Shrill that I wanted to talk about is the Waham episode, like the women are having a moment. Oh convention. my god! I really wanted to talk about that because that is so funny. So and it's so realistic. Like that is so what happens. Yeah. And um, they go to this convention. It's three hundred dollars for a ticket. It's so the key. She is briefly interviews the keynote speaker, and the keynote speaker says, "Oh, we have a scholarship program for low income women." to be able to get a ticket. And then her assistant, like, after, after they finish the interview, the um, Annie says to this keynote speaker's um, assistant, oh, can I interview the women who got the, the low-income scholarship? And so it turns out there was one woman who got <laughs> the scholarship, and he says, oh, she couldn't get time off work. Yep. Mm. So, like, it implies she was, like, in a service job and she couldn't get time off work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yes, um, I think that it's so – there's definitely an issue – uh, I can't remember. It was someone someone who looked familiar. Someone though. very famous, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that that, like, issue of monetizing feminism is definitely a thing. Oh, my God, yeah. And, like, yeah, especially, like, um... It's, like, when does it stop being about... When does it stop being about principles and when does it stop... When does it start being about power? Yeah, exactly. And also, like, it wasn't very... Like, even at the, um... At the kind of convention, as I recall, it being very, very white. Yes. Mm. Like, I think that that's another, like, we're really, everyone's, well, not everyone, everyone within my echo chamber (laughs) talks about, like, if you aren't an intersectional feminist, you've got to be, then you're not a feminist. Yeah. So I think that's another thing, like, um, feminism is, like, very big in the, like, wealthy upper class. Oh, my God. The keynote speaker was Vanessa Bayer. Bayer? Vanessa Bayer. yes. yes. SNL Who's from SNL. And she's also in... Like the latest episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. she's yes. in um she's in my favorite SNL sketch. Um, first got horny to you, <laughs> um, which is it does what it says on the tin. <laughs> um, yeah, and like there's this bit in the convention where um Annie like walks up to a booth and she's like, "What do you sell?" And um so and this woman starts talking to her about like female empowerment, and then it turns out she's selling makeup for your legs. Yeah, yeah. that's right, the leg makeup. Oh my god, which is and the, this it's a real product. Oh my god, and this bit like goes on for so long where this woman is like trying to like tell Annie how good it is to put makeup on your legs, and she just looks in yeah, shock. she's and just like someone deal with my child rub. <laughs> yeah, so it's so true, like making money off insecurities and like calling it empowerment. Yeah, well, that's. I feel like it kind of ties into. Let's bring up Alison Rose. Oh interview quickly because this is something I've wanted to talk about on the pod. Oh but yeah, of course. Also this like episode, the Wahang episode, is kind of similar when they're like talking about like capitalism and like mm-hmm. it's not important. And I feel like the Alison Roman interview, if you didn't read it, was a comment made offhand I think it was offhandedly. Like, yeah. I can't like I don't want to defend her. Um, but she made a comment and she basically dragged Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo. Yeah, so she, yeah, so she made the point that their business practices were wasteful, pretty much. Yeah. Like, that was really the be-all and end-all of the comment. But she was like, you know, if they can do what they want, they're super fucking wealthy, like, who's laughing? Like, it's not me, they're more successful. Um, and then it just turned into this, like, you can't hit women against women, like, argument, and it stopped being about, like, the criticism of capitalism that was very true to the statement. Yeah. And it just became, like, an issue of feminism and feminism alone. And it's like, actually, are you not considering, like, the socioeconomic class issues that, like, inform this comment? Mm. Yeah. And I think that's, like, something that happens. Like, I don't want to, like, I'm a man. I'm a cis male. Like, mm. I don't want to, like, speak for women. But, like, that, I feel like something that happens so consistently on the left is that we, like, have one ideological, like, frame and thought. And then that is just, like, quality. But we don't really, like... And then we say that we're, like, about the intersection and, like, we're into, like, intersectional feminism and intersectional environmentalism and things like that. But, like, realistically, these things always don't, like, line up that great. And, like, when you're talking about intersectionalism, especially when you're talking about capitalism, like, it's not good to have that much wealth and especially to produce things that don't really, like need that much production. Yeah, because they were talking yes. about cookware um, yeah. when they were talking about Chrissy Teigen and, like, the fact that Marie Kondo releases knickknacks, which is yeah. totally against her, like, no, what? In, yeah, it's yeah. against her entire yeah, ethos. That's so odd. And, like, you can, like, buy a crystal from her website, which doesn't make any sense, but maybe it sparks joy and curiosity. Um, yeah, it was a very weird week in which, like, everyone who I thought would share my opinion did, did not. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, 
what you've been sold on this bullshit this is about feminism argument like nah mate Alison yeah. Roman is still right <laughs> Alison Roman is still right yeah she's a bit problematic but like she her stew was yeah. boring but like whatever and she sh- I understand that she shouldn't have like labelled or called out Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo like, also then, specifically and explicitly because like mm. that is but they're also pretty eminent examples and yeah. I think that also your argument falls apart if you don't give examples and people are like well why didn't she name a dude and it's like because Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo fucking own the market right now yeah but like I do understand that she could have like named Gordon Ramsay or mm. Jamie Oliver oh like, Jamie those two Jamie immediately Jamie was yeah. that will put his name on fucking anything he like has an olive oil and I'm like you didn't you, you didn't, didn't touch d- the olive. You, <laughs> you didn't own this olive. How is this your olive? But oh like, my god! I think the Warham episode was really good in like supporting that idea that like you can't really be you can't intersection- be you can't truly be intersectional because you still have like if you're a broke yeah, capitalist, yeah, like you still yeah. have blinders on all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like definitely. if it's race or like the economic situation or like your environmental beliefs. Yeah, like if you're still like pursuing that mass wealth, like mm. it's yeah. not. Yeah, you're not. You're not being intersectional. Yeah, if you're looking yeah. to earn a six-figure salary, mm. and you're not like at minimum at least, if you're in those positions and you're not donating that or using that for community good, and you're hoarding that wealth yourself, yeah, like you're not staying true to your principles and your ethos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to say Jonathan Tree, um, oh, counselor for the yeah. gather. Um, who is a Greensman, but he lives on a houseboat. We love that. And he, I believe that it was like part of the, I don't know what the other factors were about living on a houseboat, but he lives on a houseboat because it's cheaper rent. Yeah. And he can like live, you know, still live near, near or in his electorate. And yeah. he actually donates half of his salary yeah. Um, yeah. to like local community groups, which yeah. is so cool. Which is just like, that's praxis. Like, that's it is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because like he became counselor and was like, oh, well, you're getting like this huge salary now. What are you going to do? And he was like, the community and then he fucking yeah. did it yeah which is like when someone follows so you, right now yeah because i um anyone who doesn't know i encourage you to look up what the salary is for councillors at least in brisbane i think it's over a hundred thousand yeah, yeah it's, it's really a lot crazy. yeah um so yeah him donating half of that to his like his electorate and his community is quite amazing so and like a very he, good yeah, example of that he what, like he's bought things for the community out of his own pocket like basically yeah. which is like a very good councilman and that's what local councils should be about yeah, you're, you're for the community, you're for your electorate, you're for your constituents. Mm. So, and like John O'Shea is like really the only council that doesn't feel like a job right now. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, so should we move to our next topic? I think Shrill. that's everything about Shrew. Yeah, just watch it. It's really good. Yes. It's like, so good. It's, it's such so a quick good. watch. It's so funny. If you do watch it, please send us the message and let us like what you like. Yeah, because yeah, we, we think and like a standout moment for you if we didn't it. Yeah, something that you think that we absolutely should have covered that we didn't. Yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah, I think that like that's mostly what. Uh, if anything, like I just wish that I could talk more about like Annie and Fran's friendship. I oh loved, my God, so I loved it, and I love that Fran kind of called her out and said like you're acting selfishly and you're making bad decisions at the moment. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's and that's like a popular trope within like these kind of like irreverent TV shows yeah. where like you know, but also like as an audience, like you know, it's, we're watching about the main character. But anyways, <laughs> and so generally their friend is like, you're acting really selfishly. And then they just, this character just keeps doing the same thing. Yeah, but yeah. I think that Annie kind of takes that criticism on board. Yeah, and she, yeah, exactly. She like respects her friend's um, opinion and um, 
like yeah and so then she makes more time for a friend yeah. and I love that that was portrayed on screen because so often yeah. like your this... female friendships on screen yeah so yeah. so undervalued and yeah, it's exactly. like they love each other but their relationship is not codependent which is, mm. I think is where like Broad City falls yes. apart yes. Representation. Yes. that's very true but where like this just feels like very true to life that like you love your friends and you'll do anything for them mm. and like that carries through I feel like we've gone way over time on this topic we yes, have a little Let's move on to topic two. So we were talking about government funding earlier. Let's talk about the ABC. So, like, we've been watching this program on a public broadcaster. We've been watching it on SBS. Um, the big, 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 big news story this week is that the ABC is getting, I believe, an $83 million budget cut. Yeah, I think 84 84 <laughs> It's even bigger. <laughs> They're um, approximating that this will mean slashing 250 which is a lot. Mm. And considering that private newsrooms are also, like, shutting out so many of their new young employees mm-hmm. and, like, ABC Life is probably going to be losing the most amount of employees from that, even though they're supposedly expanding to ABC Local. Yeah. Like, it just makes no sense. Yeah. So we've all read a piece about the conversation, like, from the conversation, who it was prepared by... Two people smarter Alexandra than us. Wake from RMIT and Michael Wolf from UCID. Um, we'll put it in the show notes, but it was a really great, like, deep dive into the cuts and, like, a great explainer. Um, yeah, it's very detailed. More detailed than we're going to get into in this particular episode. But I recommend you all read it. Because um, it rules. Yeah, it does rule. But I think, like, the main um, thing about the ABC is that, like, it's for the government. It's for the people. Mm. Like, it's... Like, free press and, like, the and most free press you'll get The in important thing is that the ABC is the most trusted news outlet in the country. Yeah, exactly. Like, guys, we don't want to have to be, like, relying on seven news or nine yeah. news. Yeah. Not to <laughs> shit talk my friends who do work at seven news, <laughs> but also, like, fuck seven news. Also, yeah. those people also want to work at the ABC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's trying to work at the ABC. But also, like, even that funding that's being cut isn't just about newsrooms. That's also about new content production. Yeah. So for people who work in entertainment, people who are television writers and performers, people who are comedians, that means yeah. that there's less money going to them and you're less likely to have an Australian voice in media and like to see people that potentially look like you on screen. Yeah. I think that's a huge loss. Oh, definitely. ABC is like, ABC and SBS have so many content, so much content that is like not just white people talking yeah. or acting. Mm. Like you have so many diverse casts and relationships on ABC shows. Like, yeah. I think the... The Heights? Oh, are we talking about dra- dramas or, like, news? But, like, both. both. Oh, yeah, so, like, you've got, like, like, you've got, like, black comedy, like, all the shit that's on NITV, yeah. like, all of the foreign news broadcasts that you can get through SBS2, SBS Viceland. Viceland mm. like, is really good. Viceland has some surprisingly good content. Mm. And, like, SBS World Movies. And I think that also, like, SBS is really important to a lot of migrant families. Oh, absolutely. Because, um, like, that's where you sort of, like, can stay, like, in touch with home. And the ABC is... <sighs> okay. First of all, ABC News is extremely trustworthy, and they do a lot of actual community work. The major thing is that when the bushfires happened this year, there were ABC news journalists who were actively helping to save lives. Yeah. Mm. And you want to take money away from that organization? Also, like, local radio is what everyone tuned into, and that local mm-hmm. radio is run by the ABC. Yeah, mm. like, ABC local radio is, like, extremely important in emergency situations in rural areas, and you cannot take money away from them. They are mm. foundational to those communities. And, like, it's not like that they, this, 
like the ABC hasn't already cut the stress. Yeah. It's been incredible on the stress for like continuous amount of time since since Abbott's government yeah, came since in. Since the Abbott, mm. Abbott government. And like that's because the ABC are very critical of the government. Yeah, very it's because yes. they're in this extremely difficult position whereby they need to hold this government accountable and appropriately critique them, but also that government is in control of how much money they have. Yeah, it's so, very, very scary. Yeah, so they can always fight back, and I think that also the issues that they were having with, like, the ABC, um, like, chief executive officers, mm. like, in the past two or three years did not help with the funding issues mm. because they really pointed to that as a reason to yeah. cut their funding. Yeah. Because, oh, my God, I remember watching that Four Corners episode when I, like, still lived in America, and I was like, this is fucked. The ABC's going to lose all their money. And mm. I was right. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just want to mention that staff travel budgets are going to be cut by a quarter. So that's I think crazy. that that's also really, like, ignoring regional and rural Australia, which is, like, yeah. so so much of our, yeah. like, land and population. Yeah. And it's really, like, and that's also suggesting mm. that they're, like, we – as, as like the ABC or the federal government is saying, we care about the cities. We don't really care about you, like people in yeah. regional and rural areas. Well, which they're, is awful. They're cutting funding to late line and to um, the like state versions of mm. seven thirty report. Yeah, which fuck off. Like yeah. you need local stories. You need stories that are specific to people in their individual states. There are stories that like are going to happen in Queensland that somebody in WA isn't going to care about yeah. because. Yeah. Like, that's just the nature of the news cycle. But also, that travel budget would impact, like, international reporting as well. Yeah, definitely. So, like, international news reports are, oh, God. Because, like, we know what happens when private, like, news media go to other countries to report. And you get that fucking clip from, like, Sunrise of that dumb woman trying to, like, talk to a protester in America. And it was just, like, the most embarrassing clip I've seen in my life. God, it made me feel so embarrassed. I felt sick. Australian person. <laughs> Literally, it's just like, oh, we just like, don't have like the context in Australia. It's like, bitch, we have slavery too. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Go take your Read history again. Please. Yes. <laughs> but then also that really exemplifies Australia's like kind of attitudes towards our history and slavery, considering our own prime minister oh didn't realise we had slavery in this country. That's so embarrassing. God. It's an embarrassment. Oh. Sorry, we all need a moment to recover from that <laughs> statement. Yeah, sorry, I... I no, I protected myself by bringing it up. No, it is very important. Um, also, Scott Morrison has stated that there are no cuts to ABC funding, and he said that they're increasing every year. Yeah, it's really weird that there's this like 1984 like double speak that's happening in the media. It's very because strange. what's because what they're doing is by saying that they're increasing the fun, like the funding, they're like technically right if they're talking about really manipulated data. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, not accounting for inflation, not accounting for, like, certain, like, if a area is, like, adjusted in a certain way or if you accounted with the losses. So technically it's, like, they're going up every year, but, like, in actuality that's not true. Yeah. So there's a double speak that's going on where the government's trying to basically save their ass in yeah. the eyes of the yeah. public while the ABC tries to, like, keep their Tell, head on water. Yeah, and yeah. is kind of telling the accurate truth rather than the, quote-unquote, technical truth. Yeah. I was, like, on Twitter this week, and I saw a tweet from Pip Rasmussen, who is also, like, who she works for ABC Me, which is a children's, like, a children's summer campaign. But she also is a, like, late-night presenter for Triple J. Oh, queen. And so she does, like, the weekend shifts when someone else is filling in. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought, like, her comment, like, she was telling us that nobody was really understanding that, like, even though some people might be getting money still. Like, her whole team in Melbourne 
was cut from the budget. Um, oh my god! So they all lost their jobs basically, and like these are like really important TV shows and like well, like TV shows and programming that's for like like developing young kids and like it's literally foundational. Yeah. It's yeah. foundational work, and like a lot of it's being cut. And like it's gonna, we're just gonna keep seeing it getting cut and eroded away constantly. And the ABC yeah. also did a lot of work throughout the coronavirus pandemic to ensure that they had programming that was related to the national curriculum so that kids could still be learning while they were watching television. Exactly. Because, like, that's the role of children's TV. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's particularly the role that, like, state-funded, like, children's television had to fulfill. That's why Bluey was so good. Um, Mm. (laughs) Sorry, it's just my personal opinion. But, like, radio programming and regional programming for radio in particular is so fucking important to communities. Yeah. And this also relates to, like, even the fact that Murdoch Media has gotten rid of all of their regional newspapers. Yes. yes. A lot of young journalists have lost their jobs because they all go out there and learn in the regions. Yeah, definitely. Which is something that, like, we should be encouraging. Like, you can't just, like, I think it's, it's, I think people really respect when, like, young workers go regional or rural and, like, work for a little bit and see things from a different perspective. If they're from the city. Yeah. Or, like, you know, um, so I think that that's, it's really sad that it's something that, like, needs to change. Yeah. And we'll go into more detail about this in a future episode. Just give a little small preview. (laughs) (laughs) I also, like, wanted to bring up, like, you brought up, touched briefly there, but, like, a lot of, like, jobs for young people going into media is, like, going away. Yep. We're, like, moving away from, like, media jobs because, obviously, we are in the time of the internet and, like, we have so many ways to create content. Like, we are creating content right now. No one cares. No one wants to hear our voice. We're doing it it anyways. This is a hobby. But, like, people who have studied journalism degrees are, like, finishing now and being, like, where do I work because there's nowhere to work. Yeah. And, like... Even journalism degrees themselves, I know UQ has cut their journalism degree, I Because there's just no work there. Yeah, Mm. exactly. It's an industry that's, that can't really exist anymore because the actual, like, journalistic landscape has changed so dramatically to be democratised that, like, basically anyone can publish anything. Yeah, but it's, it's, like, we still need, like, you always need that professional, like, professional people in any space. Exactly. Like, even when you think, like, anyone can do that, well, really, they can't. Like, there is a skill to it. Not everyone can just, not, especially things like investigative journalism. Like, if someone, like, um, like, and we, this is another ABC relevant thing where if you want to be a whistleblower on something that you have an issue with. Like, you go to a journalist. You can't, like, you can't just, just go to any that. any random person who creates content. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> not going to whistleblow on this podcast because no one will hear it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We can't like, whistleblow. You need to go, like, you need someone who knows how to go about these things. Yeah. yeah. And they're really fucking important. The ABC matters for, like, structural policy change in this country. And they always have. Like, how many fucking royal commissions have we had because of, like, a 7.30 report or a Four yeah. Corners? I am thinking of the St. Kevin's Four Corners episode. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That one that by, I think it was Louise Mulligan, I think was the investigator on that. Amazing. Amazing Incredible journalism. Work. And the fallout from that is still going. Mm. And like, as it should be. As it should be, yeah. yeah. But, like, that voice isn't going to be heard on channel 7 or channel 9 or channel 10 no. and like someone writing an independent blog isn't going to like have the same yeah, way the as the national broadcaster yeah. being like this is it this is us yeah i think the the national broadcaster 
is one of the things that I value most in this country. Um, yeah. Because also, like, I briefly lived in the United States, and they don't have an equivalent of Amy's cake. Yeah, like, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I think that's another thing where, like, I don't want Australia to be moving more, like, kind of neoliberal and to get rid of, like, and free to, things like free-to-air TV. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah like, the national broadcaster like ABC. Yeah, because, like, technically PBS is, like, the American equivalent to what the ABC is. Everyone hates PBS. Yeah. Exactly. The because they don't have <laughs> any money. Yeah. Like, it's because it's not well-funded and they don't put enough, like, love and research and time into building that network. But the best thing that network was ever able to do was Sesame Street. Mm. Yeah. Wait, is that PBS? That's PBS, baby. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's not NBC, which I thought it was. Oh. No, nah, it's PBS. Like, that's the public broadcasting service. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Also, yeah. like, Play School, or equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Play School. Yeah. We love Play School. Oh, my God. My dream is to be a presenter on Play School. Also, Ooh. like, being a young person, a young Pacific Islander, seeing Jay Maguire on screen, I was oh. like... Sad. What? <laughs> oh my god, life changing. <laughs> and for like, it's funny how ingrained play school is to like pretty much probably most young Australians. Yeah, I think that mm. when you hear the opening notes of play school, mm. like it's sort of like it triggers something really like deep within me. Like, I'll sometimes I hear the play school theme song and I just cry. Yeah, no, it's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind like of emotional. It's very much like a nostalgia thing because like nostalgia is like tied in with sadness. And it's like it is, you know, a time of innocence that like I remember really fondly. Mm. And I really associate like eating honey toast with the play school theme song. Yeah. (laughs) But like I think that it's so important and you need like and I just think like the ABC has been producing fantastic content. And it's so consistent in their content that like it doesn't make sense to cut funding to them because like they're doing such a good job and the public love the ABC. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's so much like yeah. Appropriate uproar because you yeah, can't you can't take money away from a national broadcaster and not expect people to be upset mm. because that is the first source of news for so many people. Yeah. Like I know that during an election, I will watch the ABC coverage and only ever so briefly go over to Channel Nine just to see what horrible graphic they've come up with that year. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like a shredder. <laughs> a shred- we had a shredder, a boot, and a shark tank. The boot is so loses. funny. When someone loses their seat and they get the boot, it's yeah, so good. Boot. But Literally. like, you know, Anthony Green is probably one of the most trusted men in this country and he's yeah. the national broadcaster. Yeah. Like, I just, because it starts with small things and then suddenly you've eroded the ABC into something that like can never be again mm. and that's i just think it's a huge loss and you can't expect people to be okay with that and you can't just lie blatantly to your constituents and expect them to accept that yeah um by the way when i was reading um these articles about the abc cuts i literally thought the dumbest thing i was like oh i wish there was a way to find out what the government is spending money on <laughs> And then I was like, oh, hang on. The budget is like, it's public information. It made a budget. But I think that's another thing where, like, I know a lot of people are interested, a lot of people watch, like, the, watch when the budget's coming out, watch the ABC as well. Huge dweebs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's another thing that we, like, briefly spoke about last week about, like, not, you know, making this kind of information, like, hard to 
negotiate, hard to consume and hard to understand. Yeah, it's mm. an issue like of it's, accessibility. Yeah, like most people can't just go through a complex, like, I don't know, is it an Excel? Is it a giant oh, okay. document? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be able to, I, I'm not, like, versed in reading yeah. budgets, so I wouldn't be able to understand. Because the journalists get locked in a room where they receive the budget documents mm. and they basically just, like, get cut off from everyone. Yeah. And they yeah. can't report until they've gone through it and they've basically translated it for public consumption yeah um, and they find like the points that they want to like draw attention to and which is why you get like really weird different reporting depending on um which organization you're reading your news from like for example channel 7 and channel 9 channel 9 will always go for more like conservative types of reporting whereas the abc yeah. is like much more focused on like what's going on with the arts mm. um, yeah because they're just good at their jobs um, yeah <laughs> but also like Funding cuts mean like people who are good at their jobs might not be able to be afforded at the ABC, yeah. and you'll be hiring cheaper people who might not have the experience and might not be like as critical for like critical thinking and, and be won't able get to, the mentorship yeah, that they deserve. They won't get the yes. mentorship, and we're not building a stronger news society and journalist like association. We're just like eroding that away and like kind of just letting whatever happen happen. Yeah, and I think that makes me think about something which is a little bit off topic, more about like general the general job space. Mm. Like I'm hearing about people who are really experienced getting um, let go, especially during um, the COVID recession issue. Um, yeah. People who are really experienced getting let go because they're just too expensive to keep on, yeah. and because they're getting paid what they were. And um, but then also like young people are also being like the, the second person or even first like thought of another thing like we can easily let go mm. and so it's really scary thinking about like when are people securing their jobs yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing you never are yeah so under capitalism and under neoliberalism you are always closer to being homeless than you ever are to being a millionaire yeah and it's mm. really scary like you think that well i'll work my way up and then i'll be indispensable but no <laughs> no, no yeah there's no job security because ever yeah, <laughs> and especially now um this is definitely off topic but um with government jobs government jobs the biggest perk used to be job security yeah. except oh. now like most jobs and i'm not as sure about federal but i know in state government like most people are on contracts contracts they're contracts. not yeah they're not official employees which means they don't get like proper benefits yeah. and um yeah like in an instant they're contracting to people i know people who've been on contract with like state government in various departments for at least seven years and, have mm. not, and like are only very recently coming up for permanency and then that opportunity is also like being lost for other employees because of group pressure yeah. yeah and it's another like thing where you kind of get stuck in the rat race because you think like well i need i need to get my contract renewed mm. and so then you're like working harder and you're burning out then you like then you're working harder than you should be yeah mm. i this is like and it's not even just like office jobs that are facing this like this contract like re contract recession or like this contract renaissance yeah. as you may say it's like even our nurses and teachers like my yes. sisters have told yes. me that they've had taken on graduate nurses mm. and they've worked their year in, as a graduate and then they finished their jobs and they've had to come back as casuals and they only like work there three are so many days or four days or, and it's like how are we like you know firstly like in this recession how are we having so many casual nurses like that's not something that you can do casual in this, in, yeah, in this recession, and also in this giant global health crisis, like if not now, like why are we not? Why if not now? When, when will you offer nurses permanent? Exactly, it's shocking. Like yeah, we should all have the old nurses have permanency, yeah, and then all the new ones are just like fucking fighting to keep their jobs. Yes. And it's not yeah. even in like high, not like 
not high frequency, high demand units. Like yeah. it's even in like low demand units that they're like Still. having to get casual permits, casual like contracts. Yeah, up. and like the same thing exists for like pathology and lab techs and yeah. things like that. It's literally just like if you work for the government in any capacity, you're not permanent. Yeah, even teaching like. There would barely be a... The only time that you can get permanency, the rule with Queensland State Government, is if you do rural service for, I think, two... It's either between two to five years, yeah. um, then you have permanent tenure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, if you don't do that, you are bouncing from contract to contract to contract. Yeah, yeah. My um, my mum is a teacher, and she is now teaching future teachers at university. Yeah. And she Ooh. says that she encourages, like, strongly encourages everyone, like, as do soon as you get out, service. like, please go and do your rural service as soon as you can. Yeah, my mum says the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, for context, both Sophie and my mothers are um, teachers yeah. in high school. How much longer has mum been a teacher? Uh, like, forever. Yeah. <laughs> since she was, like, 20. Yeah, yeah, since she graduated um, teacher's college, which goes back into our previous. Oh, my God. I love connecting the dots. Wow, we're really on theme. But, yeah, with government, like, since we're talking about government funding, it is all pretty much interconnected. But fucking hell, man, like, don't defund the ABC. It's weird. We keep telling you to defund the police. You're not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong thing. Wrong thing. Wrong thing. Reallocate, baby. (laughs) Um, I think that really takes us up to the time limit. Wow. Anyone has any closing comments? Um, no, I feel like I, I've pumped through most of my thoughts on that. Yeah, um, closing remarks. Um, watch Shrill, everyone who's listening to this. <laughs> yeah, watch Shrill. It's amazing. Watch it on SBS On Demand. <laughs> support yep. this platform. Learn to also support that like government. <laughs> support that government. Yeah, exactly. fucking owned network and learn how to live comfortably in your own body. And yeah, show your love and support for the ABC. Watch Bluey on ABC Ivy. That's just a personal recommendation. Um, it's Brisbane Produce, it's great. <laughs> but also that's like something really easy people can do to like support. Just watch the ABC. Just watch, watch the it. ABC, watch SBS, like consume their news. Because if people are seeing like viewership, they have a stronger case for funding. Yeah, for yeah. funding. Exactly. Oh, it's a tough week, guys. But Thanks for coming back. Thanks if you've made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to we us rant. I feel like we all got very angry. Yeah, we all got really <laughs> narrow. <laughs> I'm like very confused. About various issues. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram. We are at funemployed.pod and on Twitter, funemployedpod. We'll post there one day. We'll post there eventually. <laughs> That's like a running suit now. But you should follow us for that day when there is a post exactly. coming. You'll want to know. <laughs> to the four <laughs> followers, oh, those four followers who followed us without any content. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.